Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. With a reading as familiar as the one in our gospel for today, we're left asking, who is this God? And certainly that came through with our children when they were instructed to go wash their parents' feet. No, who is this God? And to get at this, I bring the illustration of uh, a story of Horville Sash. You see, Horville had a very humble job in the offices of the largest corporation in the world. He worked as a gopher in the lowest reaches of the building, doing what he could to help other people do their jobs. But he often wondered and thought about the floor just above his. And then a day came when Horville found a bug scurrying across the floor. As the mailroom clerk, Horville had only bugs to command to bully. So he raised up his foot to squash the bug. When all of a sudden he heard, spare me, the bug spoke, a speaking bug. Horville spared the bug. And his reward was that he got to make a wish. He said, I wish to be promoted to the second floor. That wish was granted. Horville's boss told him that very next day that he'd be moving up. So Horville marched up to the second floor like MacArthur and Patton rolled into one. Wait! Horville heard footsteps on the ceiling above floor number two. There was a third floor. A higher level would mean higher wages, more power. So the next day, Horville rose to the third floor sales coordinator. But he wasn't satisfied because he knew there were many floors above his. And there would be promotions and more money and more power. So he went to the 10th floor, then the 20th, then the 50th and the 70th. Horville sat by the indoor pool on floor 96. The next day, Horville discovered, only by chance, that there was a stairway leading up to another floor. He scrambled up the stairs. He finally got to the roof. Now he was the highest, the most powerful. Content, Horville headed down the stairways and he returned back to his office. But just as he was about to do that, he found a boy on the edge of the building with his eyes closed. What are you doing, he asked. The boy had been praying. To whom, he asked. The boy answered, to God. Panic gripped Horville. There was another floor above him. He couldn't see it, just clouds, and he couldn't hear the shuffling of feet. Do you mean there's an authority above me? Yeah. So the bug was summoned. Make me God. Make me the highest, he said. Put me in the type of position that only God would hold for God here on earth. And of course, the very next day, Orville began work as a gopher in the basement. The 
The glory of God is that God came to serve us and to love us. God's work was a gopher in the basement of the world, as it were. And God comes to identify with the lowly, the outcast, the poor, the oppressed. Jesus' love isn't easy to wrap our minds around because it's not something that we can earn and build up. We can't do better or be better and get more love. Pastor and Professor Elizabeth Johnson writes saying that Jesus demonstrates his love for the same disciples who were going to fail him miserably. Jesus washes and feeds Judas, who will betray him. Peter will deny him. And all the rest who will fail to stand by him in his greatest hour of distress. So the love that Jesus demonstrates is clearly not based on any merit of the recipients. And Jesus commands his disciples to love others in the same way. We, disciples of Jesus, continually fall short in our love for one another, as well as in our love for those outside of this faith community. Arguments often descend into personal attacks and name-calling, and personal interests often come before those of the common good of our community, And those in need of compassion routinely find judgment instead. And yet Jesus could not be clearer. It is not our moral purity, not our impressive knowledge, that everyone will come to know that we are his disciples. But it is quite simply by our loving acts, acts of service and sacrifice, acts that point to the love of God for the world made known in Jesus Christ. This is why we are looking at the Beatitudes, the blessed bees found in Matthew. We hear that Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus here is setting the tone of what his followers will do. And we, followers of Jesus, we will love because Jesus has first loved us. The thing is that there is a reluctance to be humble and to serve one another. One instance happened to a guy who happened to be a reverend doctor. His name is Tony Campolo. Take a look at what happened to him. I've been highly influenced by St. Francis of Assisi, who basically says that the poor and the oppressed are sacramental. I remember walking down Chestnut Street in Philadelphia and a homeless man, one of these guys who was kind of out of it, you know, screaming and yelling at somebody who wasn't even there. He's holding in his hand a cup of McDonald's coffee. Uh, The styrofoam cup was smudged with the grease off of his beard. And he's staggering and he spots me and he yells, Yo, mister, you want some of my coffee? I didn't want any of his coffee, but I knew the right thing to do was to take the cup, take a sip, give it back to him. I said, you're being generous, giving away your coffee to strangers? What's gotten into you today, fella? He said, well, the coffee today was especially delicious. And when somebody, when somebody realizes that God's given them something good, they ought to share it with people. I thought, oh, no. I said, you've set me up. 
you really want something from me. I figure he wanted 10 bucks or something. I said, what do you want from me? He said, I want a hug. To tell the truth, I was hoping for the 10 bucks. I put my arms around him, he put his arms around me, and then I realized he had me in a bear hug and he wasn't gonna let me go. And I'm embarrassed, people are passing on the street, they're staring at me, hugging this dirty, filthy, homeless man. And my embarrassment turned little by little to reverence. And I could hear Jesus saying, I was hungry, did you feed me? Naked, did you clothe me? Sick, did you care for me? I was that homeless man you met on Chestnut Street. Did you hug me? It's the sense that Jesus waits to be encountered. The poor, the oppressed, those who society rejects. That's where I find Christ coming at me in unexpected ways. The words of Jesus certainly ring true. For I have set you an example that you should also do as I have done. Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. You see, when we love as Jesus loves, we encounter Jesus in others. Jesus loves us so much that he gave his life for us. And his love comes even when we're like Horville and we're just trying to get up to the level higher and higher only to find that real power is in serving. And he does come to us as we clumsily drink the coffee of a filthy stranger who gives long, awkward hugs. We see the face of Jesus in each other in acts of love because Jesus first loved us and then calls us to serve, to love, and to be blessed. Amen.